This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You're listening to This Day in History, a podcast dedicated to examining history from a standpoint of determining which event on any given day had the greatest impact on our lives. Now your host, Tony Hubert and Armand Kachigian. Welcome in. It's This Day in History on lineupmedia.fm. Today, September 12th, as we break down the events, who was born and who died throughout the annals of time on this date. Tony Hubert with you. My partner, as always, Armand Kachigian. Not as always. Saturday, you weren't here. I had other partners. We don't do shows on Saturday. Yes, we do. Uh-huh. We did a little surreal talk uh, this day in history. Did you now? Show, did you now? Uh-huh. And it was wonderful. I bet it was. Actually, I love surreal talk. Your absence was quite a boon. Part of the lineup. Uh, sure, our ratings media are going to go up. Family. Our ratings were very good for the week. Again. Oh, uh, were they? Yes. yes Despite indeed. your presence? Because of it, I think. Ah. Uh, because of it. Well, we're brought to you by Amazon.com. That's a logical fallacy. Audible.com. And, of course, po- uh, how's, how's that go? What's that fallacy? Post hoc ergo proctor hoc? We've discussed that before. Post hoc ergo proctor hoc. Post hoc ergo proctor hoc. Hmm. What Which about more, ad hoc? More or less, mean, no. No, ad, that means at hand. But uh-huh. Post hoc ergo proctor hoc means is uh, uh, basically says because one thing came after the other, the first thing caused it. Uh-huh. For instance... <laughs> you know what's coming. For instance, the climate get is warming. Get it in now. Get yeah. it in now. Carbon dioxide is going up. The climate is warming. Ergo, Irma, carbon di- the Irma carbon killed dioxide. Florida. No, it didn't. And they, they got that wrong, too. Didn't I tell you it was going to miss Miami? Check, them, check the shows. I told you it's not going to be that big of a deal. Oh, no. And it wasn't. Not that big of a deal. It certainly wasn't. wasn't a big deal to the people in Naples who are oh, okay. they're underwater. And that's because of global warming, which is f- because of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, right? Okay, that's enough that of that. Idiot with the bow tie? That's your show for the day. No. That's your one. Yeah. That's it's your one. Nothing to do with global okay. warming, which is a hoax. All right. So today, we've got, we've got some good birthdays All right, today. let's go. Got some good deaths. Start with the Battle of Marathon. Well, that's where, where I start, sir, because well, the, uh, the agreed-upon date... Is today September the twelfth? Well, who, who's not agreeing with it? I don't know. They maybe the Persians have other ideas. I think it was described by uh, what's his name? Yeah, the, what's uh, father, his name? Well, the father of Greek. You should know, father of Greek history. Uh, was not Thucydides. The other guy, Euripides. No, not Euripides. Uh, he was a playwright. Virgil. In fact, I think we're gonna. No, we're not going to mention him. We're gonna mention Aeschylus today. Let's mention Aeschylus. Well. But anyway, he, he, his brother was in this battle. Yes, the Battle of Marathon, where the Athenians and their I guess it was Thucydides and their allies defeat the first Persian invasion force that the Persians send forward to Greece to this, invade. This is a big deal. It's not <laughs> under it's not quibble here. Usually I I am not one for the, for the ancients, but Armand, this is a big deal. This is bigger than that soccer game you've got on here? This oh, stupid soccer by game? a factor of at least 36. All right. Yes. Anyway, this is Darius uh, the Great. Uh, he invades. Uh, the, the, the thing that is significant about this is Athens, Sparta wouldn't help out. 
Yeah. Like, this is Athens by itself. What the hell is Sparta's problem Sparta here? Said, well, we don't have anything to do with this. This is your this is your war. You fight it. That doesn't seem so, fair at all. Uh, yeah, they fought it. Because yeah. if Athens goes, eh, Spartan, they don't care. Anyway, the, uh, the Spartans don't help out. The Athenian army, the hoplites, that's your basic uh, citizen soldier. Uh, and, uh, you know, the liberal Greeks wanted to take their spears away, but that's another story. Anyway, the hoplites fought. Um, they're, the, uh, th- this, this really screwed up the uh, – because uh, they, they were good at fighting. Now, they fought in the phalanx. Yeah. I don't know if we've gone over this. We're more, I'm more of a Roman kind of fighter. But uh, the phalanx – uh, what you basically had was a, the first row had their shields up and yep. against each other, and then they, they had the back rows could have their spears over the shields. Over the shields. So mm-hmm. basically you got a couple, three guys fighting one guy. Yeah. And that worked out real well. Now, yeah, the concept is you the guy runs forward, runs into the wall of shields. And no, it's the, the other way around. They're running into the, the phalanx, runs forward into these guys. And they call it the push. The push? Yeah, and they go right at them. Is that anything like the beer hall pushed? No, that's a pooch. Oh, that's a pooch. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, these guys are so the um, the Persians are firing now. They're more of a, a, a missile kind of uh, army. They like Spears to throw stuff. Archers, right? So their archers fire away, and they think that's going to do it. Nope. Well, the Athenians just take off running after them, which surprised the hell out of everybody. That would. And uh, although it didn't work that well, because the middle held for the Persians, the problem was their flanks. Never mind your flanks, damn it! Remember that? <laughs> Remember at Clermont. Okay. Yeah. Booker, never mind your flanks. Well, anyway, the flanks caved in. Yeah. A little pincher movement, and uh, everything collapsed. So they start running back. Let's get back to the ships because, you know, they, they were a sailing. Right. And they yeah. sailed there. They sailed well, a huge fleet there. They lost their way, and they kind of wandered back into a swamp. That wasn't good. No. Because a lot of them dra- drowned. And here's, here's where Aeschylus' brother comes into it. Some of them did get back to the ships. This guy was a real nut. He said, hey, hell with that. So he grabs, like, the, the towing the towing rope or something on the ship tries to bring the whole ship back in, and uh, I love it. Yeah, well, except one of the sailors chopped his hand off and killed him by chopping his hand off. No, he bled to death out of his hey, hand. Where, where do you think you are at the at the Mayo Clinic? He's just in a, he's ele- in a, elevate your arm. Oh, good idea. Yeah, right. Someone like a get a tourniquet blade. on this that. This isn't epistaxis. This is an amputation. This isn't Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Okay, cut your hand off. You're dead. So he cauterized that right away. Too late. Probably drowned, too. Aeschylus' Ugh. brother. I don't forget his name. He had a weird name. How long did this battle take? About 15 hours. They fought all day Oof. and through the night. How's that go? Can Saxons fight? All day and through the night. That's from uh, Ivanhoe. Hadn't Barathon been established as the length of the Olympic run at this point? No, this is after the battle. This is uh, Pheidippides. Mm-hmm. Had to go tell everybody. And this is where the 26 yeah, point. 26 mi- no, 26 miles. They added the extra point, too. Yeah, why that extra point, too? Because that was at the, uh, was it the 1912 Olympics. Stockholm. Because they had to make it past the, uh, they had to get to the uh, Royal Box. Remember, uh, they added a couple hundred yards because it ended short of the Royal Box. Uh, you can't have that. I don't like so that. Right, I don't like that right. one bit. I think it was the 1912 Olympics. How'd you like to lose an Amer- a marathon during the point two portion of the marathon? Yeah, you know what I'd say. No, I won. At 26, I was ahead. Thanks, give, King. Thanks, give me the King. winner. Thanks, King. Thanks a lot, King. Anyway, so that was the Now, what was the name of the runner for Marathon? Pheidippides. Pheidippides. Yep. Okay. Or Pheidippides. Oh, that's a big there's one. No, there's no uh, diacritical mark As we there. look at things that affect the world we live in today, Western European culture could have been a lot different had the Persians ran over the Greeks at this well, we point. we got a battle that's even more important, in my opinion. Okay. Coming up. Which one? Well, take a guess. Mm-hmm. 
It ain't the Siege of Gibraltar. Uh, Edson's Ridge? That's Guadalcanal? Yeah. Okay, no, that is coming No, up. it isn't. Of course not. Uh, North Point? I don't even know if you have it. You don't even have it. You, what's the matter with you? All right. Well, it's coming up. Okay, you missed it's coming it, up. As usual. 1609, Henry Hudson uh, begins his exploration of the Hudson River. Yeah, this one wasn't a bad one. This, I don't think this is the one where they cut him loose. No. But he's aboard the ship uh, Have Mean? Well, Half Moon. Half I Moon in Dutch. Dutch, Dutch uh, I guess. How yeah. do you say it in Dutch? Half Mean? Half Mayan. Half Mayan? Half Mayan. Anyway, Hudson sails up, sails up past West Point and all the pretty spot. Of course, West Point's not there. Well, it's there, but yeah, it's not the U.S. Like Army. Kate Academy. on the Hudson. But anyway, that had to be a pretty scenic journey for him. And he thinks he's got a really great waterway, and he does, but little does he know, by the time he reaches Albany, it kind of peters out. Yeah, well, I don't know if he was looking for that Northwest Passage. No, I don't think so either. Northwest right. Passage. 1814, that battle. was eventually found by whom? Same hmm. guy, first to the South Pole. Shackleton. Rolled Amundsen. Rolled Amundsen. The Battle of North Point in 1814. Now, wait a minute. Here's the one you missed. 1683. You ever heard of the Siege of Vienna? Yes. Well... The savior of Christendom, yes. John Sobielski. Yes. Well, okay. Let me set this up for you since you don't know Who's anything about Who's siege in Vienna? The Ottomans? Who do you think? The Ottomans. Yeah. Turks? Yeah. Ottoman The bloody Turks? Turks? Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, We're two, talk this about is going that. on for two months, okay? And every day they're ramming the fortifications. Can't get in, but things are looking pretty grim. So, uh, what's his name? The, uh, the Pope, Alex C. I thought I wrote it down here. Is it 7th? 8th. I'm off by one. Alex the Eighth. Uh, Alexander the Eighth. His, his buddies called him. They called him Al. A-8. No, they called him Al. They called him Ocho. Alex Ocho. <laughs> Alex Ocho. So, uh, anyway, he's uh, these guys are so busy. Uh, this What's his name? Kamal. What's the guy that's leading the uh, the Turks. They're all named Kamal. What was that? Oh, that's offensive. Kara Mustafa Pasha. That's Great offensive. Name. Okay, so anyway... Uh, he's so busy ramming the uh, ramparts and the and the uh, door. Well, what he, else are you supposed to do to ramparts well, you look behind other than ram see, them? Well, you look behind, you see some fires, and maybe there's an enemy camp behind you. Well, he didn't could, notice that. Could be. So 80,000 Poles and uh, other Holy Roman Empire troops just descend on him and beat the holy shit out of these guys. <sighs> Send them back where they came from. To Istanbul. So Sobielski or Constantinople, is also known as, as the known. savior of Christendom, which he was. Now, here's the neat thing. Did we get the croissant out of this deal? Absolutely. That's this right. is the one? This is it. This yes. is the battle, you dumb shit. Well, I, I, you didn't put it down, so. If I would have known we got the croissant out of this, not it would have made the list for sure. Not only we got that, we got cappuccino out of this, too. Oh. Because one of the friars, because, you know, after all this. This is a red letter so, day. Yeah, so they route the, they put these Turks to route. I got my whole breakfast thing, routine out of this battle. Which is the best thing to do with a Turk, put him to route. And uh, so anyway, the, the spoils belong vic- to the victors belong the spoils. Well, in this case, John Sobielski said, hey, wait a minute, Polish people first. So mm-hmm. they kind of, mm-hmm. that kind of led to some rows and some squabbles. I'm okay with that. Among the victorious, because they took all the best camels and sheep and women. Wait, and, the Poles you, took all the best oh, yeah. camels? Oh, yeah. Everything, so there were camels left. in Poland. Well, no, the, the Turks brought them with them. I know, but they took them to Poland? Well, I don't know what they did. They probably ate them, man. I don't, know. I don't know what they did, but they took anything that looked good, they took. Okay. So jewels, you name it. So that sure. led some squabbles. But anyway, they also had this drink that the Ottomans had. And it was like, Ugh, that's bitter. Well, it was coffee. And they decided to put some milk, milk and other, whatever cappuccino. Camel's milk, goat's milk. Well, whatever milk. cappuccino is, there's something else, too. The honey, I think they put in or whatever. Hmm. By this friar, a capuchin friar, I guess. And they called it cappuccino. 
So there you got that. So now, how do we get the croissant out of breakfast. the battle? Well, uh, I want to, was some this Austrian, the ceremonial yeah, thing? Some Austrian for... baker wanted to, to celebrate demarcate. the victory. Yeah, he wanted to uh, right to commemorate this victory. So he makes it the thing in the uh, shape of a crescent moon. Now, now we always say croissant because of well, the French, French. When they because took it back Marie France. Antoinette and brings it to France. Yeah, well, they took it back to France as croissant. Right. Yeah, so that's what, not what they call what it. What is it in Austrian? In German? Yeah, in the I German. What is I croissant? Know. I don't know, but it's something else. Look it up. German for crescent, whatever that is. But that's why, because they got it from the flag of the Turks. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. We can make a pastry out of this deal. Yeah. So that huh. was, But that was. Well, the, what do you know? Croissant yeah. in and German you know, is croissant. You know who else took it? I don't know if they pronounce it the same, but it's exactly what it says. And who else, who else took a part in this battle? Prince Eugen of Savoy, who is mm-hmm. later going to come into his own fighting with, uh, you know, Churchill's. Whatever, great. And he gets a very good heavy cruiser named after him in World War II. Yeah, well, Savoy. Prince Eugen. No, Prince Eugen does. It sails with the Bismarck. Prince Eugen, yeah. Yeah, that was a cruiser, I guess. Yeah, it was a heavy cruiser. Yeah, it wasn't a battleship. No, it was not a battleship. Not big enough. Not enough displaced tonnage. So, anyway, he fought later on in the War of the Spanish Succession, and he... But he was making his bones right here. That's a big one. Yeah. So, between Marathon... I say Vienna. And Vienna, Vienna, I think... Because everything else today, I'm going to be honest, folks, doesn't really affect you a great deal. There's one or two that are, are, you can say, yeah, affect the world you live in today. Certainly not the breakfast plate, well, though. We haven't even gotten. But uh, I don't think you're con- you're contemplating is a little premature. Let's keep going. Oh, I like the croissant though and the cappuccino. I mean, that is my whole feeling. breakfast yeah. routine. Yeah, I had a feeling that one would win. That you is over. oh, uh, there's is there anything better than a good hot flaky croissant with butter? Yeah, grits. What? Grits. What kind of, you're not even a southerner. How so are you coming like up with grits. grits? You probably saw my cousin Vinny remembered the grits scene. 1814 Battle of North Point. This is a good one. The British are bearing down on Baltimore, but the American detachment halts them, stops them from really advancing and sacking Baltimore. There's nothing to sack. No, ball, come on. It's it's a harbor. It's a it's a strategic point. Remember that from Kelly's Heroes also? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> Remember? What, what do you mean loot? There's nothing to loot. There's nothing to loot. So, uh, yeah, who, who's off for the American troops on that day? Keeping the British out of Baltimore. Unfortunately, they couldn't keep the British out of Washington, D.C. Oh, hell no. And the British had their way with D.C. 1846, Elizabeth Barrett elopes with a guy named Robert Browning, and you get Elizabeth Barrett Brown. And she Browning. took her dog, Flush. Oh, Flush. Don't forget that. That's the, the dog only she was took with Flush? Her. Yeah. Remember, uh, uh, what's her name? Wrote a novel with Flush in it. Uh, oh, uh, Virginia Woolf. Oh, okay. She wrote a novel about well, well, Bloomsbury gal. Oh, yeah. Don't bring up that. Well, hold on. That, Bloomsbury's going to come up today. It is. But in a scientific realm. No such thing. Yeah, I'm dead serious, dude. What the hell was in the Bloomsbury group? I'm going to tell you. Oh, just well, you the, wait. He's not in the group. Oh, yeah. You're no, he's me. not in the group, right. but it happened in know. Bloomsbury. Coming up in seconds. Uh, the highest score line ever recorded in terms of just a thrashing in association football, better known as soccer. A team named Abroth beats Bon Accord 36-0 in 1885. This is the uh, Cumberland College Georgia Tech game of soccer. No doubt. No doubt. Remember that score? The equivalent football score. In American football, 
would be, let me think about this now. Let's just assume every point after attempt was good. 222 to nothing. Yeah. Well, that's what Cumberland, that's what the Georgia Tech Cumberland College score. Are you serious? Yeah, 222 to zip. Oh, this would be higher. Well, 36 it, it, times with, with 7 the extra is higher. points, but okay. Yeah, yeah, with the extra points, it'd be this higher. In terms of just touched, that's amazing. What a coincidence that those two scores are almost exactly the same. Yeah, because you know what? College, can like I say dental school? Football, football really pulls the wool over everybody's eyes with their scoring system. Oh, football is great because there's lots of scoring. Is there really? Because fourteen to seven is two to one. Who says it's great because of all of that? I've know. heard that. I mean, well, I can't watch baseball. A lot of people get hurt. I, I can't watch baseball because there's not enough scoring. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but there's well, not enough what, action, I've heard. A, a it's not fo- scoring. A four to three base. Well, what do you think action is? Action is football. And not necessarily scoring. Gets guys getting hit. People yeah. getting uh, clobbered. That, yeah, that's that, action. Hockey, too. Yeah. A hockey game that's 0-0 so, so, has a lot of action. So last Baseball night, has no action. Last night, there's a game, 24-21. Uh, you won three and a half to three. Okay, there you go. I, I don't buy that argument. No, I do. Totally buy it. That's there's what a it logical is. fallacy there, too. There's no logical fallacies at all. Just stop with your post hoc and ad hocs and Proctor hoc. Proctor hoc. I don't even like the sound of a Proctor hoc. Propter. Okay. Propter. Propter hoc. Okay, Propter hoc. I don't like the sound of that. Now here's something that's very important to you, Armand. Not really. Uh, yes, it is. They didn't save my family. My great grandparents were killed. The Why hell? the hell do you have to be bitter? Someone was saved. Yeah, a million. This, of us I'm got not killed. joking either, a bunch man. Bunch of frogs saved four thousand. Yes, to be in happy. 1915. Thanks September 12th, French soldiers rescue 4,000 Armenian genocide survivors stranded on Musadag. I guess Musaday, right? Musaday? Uh, yeah, well, Musadag. I, I don't know. I never. Okay, would you rather they all be dead? No, but I'd rather not be rescued by the French. You can't. You can't say anything good about this. A genocide is going on. Yeah, that was wonderful. That your nation has struggled for over 100 years to get recognition for. That you have marched in in displays trying to get recognition for and you can't come on now lighten up yeah, francis <laughs> take it easy it's, it's not exactly uh schindler's list over here i know it's not schindler's list but come on i mean schindler only what saved did they do they came in with like a destroyer yeah or something. good they anyway. saved them schindler only saved about four thousand jews they i don't think he had four thousand jews not even that, that many i don't think so, not dude. even that many He's got a movie. I don't remember. Okay. Well, this this was in The Promise, I think. This is is in The Promise? Yeah, did they swim out to the boat and everything? I don't remember. They were all frogs. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. They weren't doing anything while the Armenians were getting butchered, and all of a sudden they show up and say 4,000. Okay, better than none. The Russians helped more than they did. Okay. Well, this is not – I'm just – on this date, the French came in, saved 4,000. Thank you. What if that had been your grandparents? Merci beaucoup. How do you know you did? It wasn't. How do you know you don't have relatives in this deal? Because I know how my relatives were all killed. Oh, I'm sorry. My grandmother and grandfather were both, uh, they were all uh, orphans. Mm. Mm. Lost your great-grandparents yeah, in this? Yeah, all of them. Yeah. All right. 1919, young man joins the German Workers' Party. Who? Adolf Hitler. How do you think that went? Hey, should we let this guy in? He's a, he's a house painter. Yeah, seems pretty. Yeah, well, you never know quiet. when you need your bathroom redone. Right, yeah, we could probably use him for sure. something. Plus, the guy had a little. He had some probably some problems. I think his gas attack messed him up. The gas attack, yeah, I think yeah. it did mess him up. I wonder how mentally stable he was in 1919. Do you think the 
delusion or whatever was going on there had ever quite right was set in already. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're. I think you're correct. Uh, help me with this name. Le- Leo Zillard. Leo Zillard. Now, yeah, here, physicist. He's a physicist, and here's his connection to Bloomberry. Bloomsbury. Bloomsbury. So he's walking through uh, that district in London, Bloomsbury, nice district. Uh, you know, yeah, except when you know, except when Virginia the, Wolf and her bunch well, were out there, the Bloomsbury circle sex with each gets other gets together, right? And he has to stop at a light on the street, and as he's waiting for a red light, standing there on a corner in Bloomsbury, he conceives the idea of a nuclear chain reaction. Yes, which he was there when it was actually happened uh, in 1942. He was working with uh, Enrico Fermi, Stagfield. We've gone over that uh, underneath the squash court. Uh, yeah, and he also, uh, Zillard drafted the uh, letter with uh, Einstein mm-hmm. to uh, FDR telling mm-hmm. him we need, you know, the Germans are way ahead of us. They're we way ahead, get, right. gotta, Which was not true. Not true. We but... better get going and get a Manhattan Project, you know, get going on the nuclear physics. So the Manhattan Project. We'll, we will address this later, too, with another uh, birthday of course, you uh, neglected this birthday. But, yeah, Leo Zillard, and he worked on the Manhattan Project, uh, metallurgical, and uh, I think he ended up at University of Chicago, I believe. Uh, I would think pretty, so. Pretty bright guy. What? Is there any – is it just coincidence that he's standing there waiting for the light to turn? No, he apparently the guy, you know, he he would he was like Einstein. He liked to walk around and he's thinking. And think. He's yeah, doing a thought yeah, experiment already. Right. Yeah, I okay. mean, that's why Einstein you almost get killed a few times, you know, he's, although where he was, I don't know where it was in Burn, I guess. So there're not a lot of cars or right. this guy's wandering around. Lucky he didn't. So you're, so you're saying hit. history wouldn't have been different if the light had, had been green and he was just no, able to cross. Know. This may be apocryphal anyway. I don't even know if I believe I don't it. I know, man. It happened in Bloomsbury. You got to believe it. That sounds like a movie. Well, it happened in Bloomsbury. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a big event, though, man. Kane, yeah, they were Keynes and uh, Strachey and all them bugger, I mean, th- buggered each other in think Bloomsbury. About the, think about the timeline here, Armand. This is in 1933, September. So the year is already three quarters, you know, almost over, right? He conceives the idea of the chain reaction. And what, 12 years later, not even 12 years later, They've accomplished the chain reaction? Yeah. That's, in terms of scientific... It's like going to the moon. It wasn't that hard. I mean, you know, know, he even knew how to do it. That's Because it had had been done a couple times already. They found that when you hit some of these atoms with neutrons, crazy things happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although the Curies didn't believe it, which we're going to get to Right, yeah, they did not. Right, they didn't believe in the subatomic realm. Well, they didn't believe in fission. They didn't didn't like the quantum mechanics, did they? Well, they but they did it eventually. They didn't believe in chain reaction. Of course, they believe in fission because well, they came up with that. Yeah, anyway, well, yeah. Not, not of course, I, of course, you believe in it. If you came up with it, chain reaction is keeping it going. Right, the sustainable. Yeah, not just one. Right, uh, nineteen forty. Uh, I'm sorry, nineteen thirty-eight. Hitler's added again. Demands autonomy and self-determination for the Germans in the Sudetenland. Well, now all these seeds were sown right after World War One. This was a predominantly German. Oh, there's no question for, for, about that. And they wanted they wanted to go back to Germany. So this is not the you yeah. know the Bet Noir everybody's talking about. Now he did take he didn't stop there. He took the rest of Czechoslovakia. That's when that's when the Allies kind of gave in because the Czechs had a pretty tough army. And but you know to to lump all this onto Neville Chamberlain's lap. It's not being quite fair because, you know, the French, here we go. Well, even because they this, save a few this, Armenians. This is where Chamberlain will always be accused of the appeasement. Well, that was Munich, but that's coming later. Yeah, but, but it start, doesn't it start they, here? 
Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. The Sudetans, that was Germany. They took it away from them after World right. War One. Most of these, like 80%, were Germans. Yeah. So they're... He had a kind I mean, of I don't. Right. We don't want to come off as pro-Nazi here, because no, but, but pro- the facts are the facts this here. This is not right. Yeah, this area was. That's what I'm saying, though. I mean, German. I mean, I don't want to say German occupied, but its residents were ethnic German, German heritage, German mostly, speaking. Yeah. And right. if that's they would have been allowed a referendum to return to the, uh, what would you even call it at that point? The Reich. The, the Reich. Oh, they yeah. probably would have voted overwhelmingly yes. Am I not right? All I'm saying, my point is that the Allies after World War One started all this shit by taking these, you know, little chunks yes. here and there of Germany, right? And that's, you know, well, that that's what sowed the seeds. Get that snowball rolling, man. But anyway, I'm telling you, 1940, the classic cave paintings discovered in Lascaux, France. I'm call them classic. Well, of course they're classic. Paleolithic they're- scratchings. I don't know. Have you seen these? Yes, I have. What's the bird with the heart on? Did you see that one? Yeah, it's a bird with a heart on. What's that supposed to signify? Well, it's fertility. It's spring has sprung. Some some Paleolithic expressionist. Yeah. Jack, Jackson Pollock. Eh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't see it as that. I see it more as a Picasso-ish. Anyway, type. they get the mold out of there. Remember that? They, yeah. they, they put an air conditioner or something in there yeah, and they that, start that, growing that, a mold that, in there. That was not a good Probably idea. I got Legionella and who knows what. I don't know. For a while, nobody could go in there. No, you couldn't. I don't know. To get that straightened out? I hope so. Okay. I mean, it's important, you know, prehistoric man me. in France. Who cares? Oh, you don't care about anything. Watch 2001. Watch apes fight each other. That's only for a couple minutes. Well, I got to say, though, when that ape gets that That's, bone. That was he, endless, man. What was all that? He's excited. He's excited. Well, because a tool God. means you can now fight. Boy, That's the way I took I, it. I don't see that movie. I, I don't get that movie. I, do you? You like it? I movie? don't get the beginning, and I certainly don't get the end. Well, and the I don't think we're, so great And either. I don't think we're meant to. It was just, you know, in the 60s, it was, you do LSD and go watch 2001. Oh, no. That's what you're supposed to do. Wow. Anyway. I'd still be I, in the theater. I'd rather watch Paths of Glory. Okay. Yeah. Again, uh, if you lined up the Kubrick films for me to watch, 2001 may not be in the top five. Maybe top five, maybe. Paths oh, come of Glory, on. I'm wa- I know Clockwork I'm watching Orange. Strange Love, Clockwork, Full Metal Jacket. I know those yeah, three maybe. are right up there. I know Eyes Wide Shut is not. No, I don't like that uh, one. I'm probably watching uh, Lolita. That I'm going to leave right. Barry Lyndon out. The Killing's probably. Oh, The Shining. I'm watching The Shining. So yeah, four of my that five was slots. That boring, too. Oh. The Killing was better. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Didn't he do, uh, did he do Barry Lyndon, too? Yeah, I told you. Barry Lyndon. Well, okay. except for certain scenes. Okay. 1942, Edson's Ridge, Guadalcanal. This is the day that the Marines protecting Henderson Field that's the airfield on Guadalcanal, are attacked by the uh, Imperial Japanese Army forces that have been landed. And uh, it's yeah. not the first day of Guadalcanal, but this is one of the – Edson's Ridge is a bloody, costly – Pretty bloody, the whole Just horrific battle. Just horrific. Um, and that happened September 12th, 42. And so that is – it's not even a year after Pearl Harbor, and, and now they're deep into the Pacific Islands. 1943, Mussolini. Well, who comes to his rescue? <laughs> None other than the commando forces of the Germans, uh, the German commandos led by Otto Skorzynski. Skorzeny. Skorzeny? Yeah, he was a zany guy. No, this guy was, let me tell you, this guy had some balls. Lands in a storch, which is basically a paper kite, and picks him up without a shot fired and gets him out of there. But Skorzeny was, uh, 
He was also the guy, I think, in charge of Operation Greif, which was the Battle of the Bulge where they dropped uh, the, his guys. They dropped them behind the lines. They spoke English. They're the guys cutting, you know, they, they act yes. they were in American uniforms. Yes. Which was technically, well, not technically, it was. It was spying. And yeah. they oh, yeah. would get shot. Oh, absolutely. Of course, yeah. you know, if they made it, they're probably going to get shot too yeah. by the Germans. But uh, as traitors. But, but either anyway, way, they're dead. Yeah. So they went, but he was in charge of that. And then, uh, oh, remember we were talking about Operation Long Jump, which yes. may or may not. He denies this. But uh, when the big three met at Tehran in 1943, mm-hmm. Skorzeny apparently was, uh, they had some kind of plan to go kill them all, the Nazis, with him in charge. That never kind of came off. Um, so that never worked out, if it indeed it was even planned. That a lot of people think it was just the NK, NKVD, which was the, the Russian secret, street, secret police came up with that one. Uh, then after the war, he uh, he helped out in uh, Egypt, first General Najib, oh, yeah. and then Nasser, when Nasser took over. And then he switched over to the Jews and helped them kill a few uh, a few uh, Egyptian uh, scientists. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mossad. Yeah, he helped out Mossad. You have a yep. full... F- now, is he just a military German oh, or a full-fledged a- Nazi? Right. Well, Mossad wanted to kill him, but they said, why would we kill him? This guy's useful. Oh. So they took him on, and he trained guerrillas and stuff. Uh, and yeah. he came to appreciate the Jewish people or well, just saw that, it as a paycheck and a way to live? Sounds like a practical guy to me. Okay. Can't, yeah. can't beat him. Join him. All right. Back to the events in a couple minutes. Let's see who was born here on September 12th. Hey, don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast, This Day in History, by going to thisdayinhistorypodcast.com. Simply click on iTunes. Stitcher, Podbean, any major podcast outlet you can get this show through. And if you would, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash this day in history podcast. Born in 1880 on September 12th, H.L. Mencken, the journalist and critic. I got a couple before him. You got some before 1880? Oh, yeah. Oh, you got a hero. H.L. Mencken, for sure. Okay, that's why I put him first on the list. Well, yeah, we're going in chronological order here. He's my favorite, but that doesn't mean... Uh, let's see, 1852, H.H. H. Asquith, Henry Herbert Asquith, liberal, uh, thank you very much, beginning of the British welfare state, uh, but uh, anyway, and he got him into World War One. although that kind of wasn't his fault, because that was Earl Grey, and, you know, getting, uh, getting them involved, because he's the one that, that without anybody knowing, and it was uh, during uh, Campbell Bannerman's uh, rain as PM, yeah, or as first secretary of the no, treasury. No. Well, yeah, well, Campbell Bannerman was first PM. Remember, we went over that. Yeah, that's yeah, right. He was the first actual prime okay. minister. Okay, see, I did remember something. Yes. You should be very proud. And you remember how much he weighed? Well, uh, uh, twenty stone. Twenty stone. Two hundred eighty pounds. No kidding. So did his wife. Remember? Yeah, yeah. They had yeah you little... said they and they enjoyed eating. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, anyway, so he he committed the British to providing a hundred thousand troops should France go to war with Germany. And nobody even knew about it. So, anyway, this guy, he abided by that. And, of course, ostensibly because they invaded Belgium, who was neutral, yeah. as if that mattered. So Britain, Britain declared war, and about a whole generation was wiped out. This guy was actually the last liberal prime minister. David Lloyd George doesn't really count because that was a coalition government mm. during the war. Mm-hmm. But uh, this guy started you know, all this nonsense, old-age pensions, labor unions, Yuck. So anyway, he's the beginning of the end. And most people think he can go far enough, of course. You never do. So that's H.H. Asquith. All right. That was 1852 he was born. 
died, I think, 19, I don't think he made it through the war. I think he died in, like, 1918, right? He didn't even see them win. Cause he oh. Got, wow. No, no, he, he, no, he was 75, so it would have been what? Uh, 1827? 1927? Yeah. 1927. Go. Well, I'm glad he could see the beginning of the British welfare state. Yeah, yeah, that was good for him. All right, who else you got? Now, you ready? Michelle Mankin, Henry right. Louis Mankin. There you go. The now, Bal- the talk sage about your man. Yes. Love the guy. Well, you, we, we both love his quote, democracy is a notion that the people know what they want and deserve to get it good and hard. <laughs> good and hard. <laughs> yeah. He had another great one. I got to I got to I got to keep going because I anyway, this guy's uh, Baltimore Sun, he was a writer for the Baltimore Sun. Yeah. Disappointed a lot of people when he got married at 50 cuz, you know, remember what he called marriage, quote, the end of hope. The end of hope. Yeah. And marriage is mostly as I saw this meme floating around the other day, uh 90% of marriage is just two people yelling what from other rooms. Oh, that's a good one. That's pretty accurate. 1888, Maurice Chevalier. Master, mistress, two slaves. Mm-hmm. All in all, two. <laughs> that was Ambrose Bierce. Yeah, here's another good one, too, by Mankin. For every complex problem, there is an answer that is clear, simple, and wrong. <laughs> Isn't that true? No one ever went broke underestimating the taste of the American public. Uh, that's, that's a, a classic. Yeah, that one. We all uh, know that's that a one. classic. Okay, I, but there's one more on democracy that I love. Right, you keep going and I'll... Uh, uh, Alfred A. Knopf, Sr., the great American publisher and founder of uh, Knopf Incorporated, or do you say Knopf? I think I bet you pronounce that, huh? Knopf, yeah. huh? Yeah. I, I, look, it, it, I, it's, if I see an Alfred A. Knopf you know, label on a book, you know, on the spine there, it, yeah, it will grab my attention. Um, so he was born in 1892. Why? Why? Because they have good taste in authors and subject matter. That's why. Okay. Much Here's like couple- Scribner's and Sons did in fiction. Yeah, who cares? 19- Here's a couple more from school from teachers. Mencken? Yeah, H.L. Mencken. School teachers, taking them by and large, are probably the most ignorant and stupid class of men in the whole group of mental workers. Isn't hmm. that beautiful? Wow. <laughs> I don't know why I agree with that, but okay. Uh, All right. If there is one mental vice, indeed, which sets off the American people from all other folks who walk the earth, it is that of, assu- it is that of assuming that every human act must be either right or wrong, mm. and that 99% of them are wrong. Mm. Mm-hmm. An idealist is one who, on noticing that a rose smells better than a cabbage, concludes that it is also more nourishing. <laughs> and he's great. Love this guy. All right. How about Madame Curie? You don't How have, about Madame Curie? 1897. Yep. I don't want you to have her. Won the Nobel Prize, 1935. Good for her. Although we were talking about uh, uh, Lisa uh, Lisa Meitner yeah. being the only woman that – the Curium was named for Madame Curie and Pierre Joliot Curie, so Joliot Curie. So that doesn't really count. So it is the only uh, element named after a woman. Bachelors know more about women than married men. If they didn't, they'd be married too. That's, that's beautiful. That's, uh, that's Mr. That should Mankin. be on a plaque somewhere. <laughs> should be branded in your skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ought to show a lot. Of, yeah, you ought to show a lot of eighteen-year-old boys that, and then sh- keep showing it to them. All right, nineteen thirteen. Jesse Owens born. Your four-time Olympic gold medalist in the thirty-six games. Yep. 1931, great uh, American singer-songwriter, guitarist, George Jones. Truly American the music. The possum. Well, uh, 1940, I bet you love this woman. 1940, Linda Gray born. 
Yeah, wasn't she one of uh, mm-hmm. Derek's wives? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, yeah, she's good looking. Hell yeah. 1940, Mickey Lolich born. It would almost, I am. almost single-handedly win the Detroit Tigers the 1968 World Series. Yeah, I think he was – I think he's the last guy before uh, Johnson to win three. In 2001, I think Johnson won three. Oh, games. Randy or Johnson having, won three? Yeah. Or having three complete games, maybe. Uh, yeah, three complete games, right? Lolich, you know, he goes 3-0. and oh, And Denny McLean's the 30-game winner. And, yeah, he didn't, and do Lolich, he didn't do that great, though. Lolich had the better World Series oh, yeah. that year. Um because uh, they pull out game five. The Cardinals had a chance to clinch. And um, they're they're really in the process of taking the game over. And I don't know if you remember this, Armand. There is a play at the plate where Lou Brock comes in and doesn't slide and oh, gets yeah. tagged out. And it's kind of a turning point in the series. Most people will point to the Kurt Flood uh, misplay in center field, which is not a Kurt Flood misplay. You know, he stepped on, I believe, a, a, sprinkler, a sprinkler head yeah. that was not fully depressed into the turf uh, on a very hard-hit ball anyway. Um, that opened up the floodgates for the Tigers to go ahead late in Game 7. But, yeah, Lolich is your man for that series. As yeah. good as Bob Gibson was, and he was great in the 68 series. And in 68, by the way, he had that 1.12 ERA for the year. Yeah. So good that the next year the mound gets lowered. <laughs> what does that tell you? He's good. Yeah, it tells you a lot. All right. Uh, also, let's see here. Born on this date, 1944. You got to love this voice. It's not good for you, baby. But I didn't know he was dead. He is. Oh, right, right. Unfortunately. In a time we love. Did you do this, Armand? We shared love and made love. No, but I can do Maury Chevalier. No, but I do Maurice Chavalier for you. It doesn't seem to me like it's Which I will do. Right. Yeah, he's been singing. I like his voice. You have to hear the whole song. Come on, Armand. Come on. I don't know the words. You sampled him. That's, that's fine. See, you ask for sound on shows, and then I bring you sound, and then you're like, I asked for Caruso. I didn't ask for Barry White. Barry White's a great voice. My God. I really know he's dead. Now, this next guy, he was born. This is how I was introduced to him. Back in, let's say, uh, 1983. Rachel, time of your life. I'm as sluggish you can. Never, ever fuck with another man's livelihood. Now, if you're smart, like I hope you are, you're not going to make me come back here. What the hell's that from? You don't know the movie, do you? No. You're culturally illiterate past 1960. He was was good in uh, Midnight Run. You want to hear him in Midnight Run? What was that movie? That was Risky Business. That's where he's telling young Joel, Tom Cruise, Who's used his prostitutes to have a party at his house and yeah, I remember the movie. Make yeah. uh, eight thousand dollars dancing around in his underwear. Night of your life. That's early in the movie. That's not in that scene. Right. Great okay. Joe Pantaleona. Man, I love him. He was great in The Sopranos as well. Well, he's like hey, Midnight Run. He's he good. He's in, the uh, bail bondsman. Yeah, and he was in. Uh, wasn't he? He was good in uh, Running Scared with uh, Gregory Hines and. Uh, yeah. Billy Crystal. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God, great character. Louis C.K. Uh, by the way, Joe How was about? Joe Pantaleano, born in 1951. How about 1958? Wilfred Benitez. I just watched this fight with uh, Duran. Oh, good fighter, Durant's man. Ass. Good fighter. I think he kind of, I don't know. I think he won that Hearns fight. I don't know, man. Split decision. Majority decision. I didn't. Uh, it was pretty damn close. No, you could say he did. Well, I just did. Yeah. Anyway, Wilfred Benitez, born in '58, hell of a fighter. I yeah. think he was the youngest three three times or three. So time did he? Champion. Did he hold what middle welterweight or no, lower a, than he that? Was a, well, when he fought Duran, they were super welters. But I think, yeah, I think he was a super welter. Okay. And super and Walter, Duran was moving up. One fifty four. One fifty four. And regular Walter is one fifty seven. One forty seven. And middleweight is always one sixty. Okay. Also born sixty seven, nineteen sixty seven, Louis C. K. Who I've told you to check out. I think you will love yeah, he's all right. he's this funny. guy's sense of humor. And in nineteen eighty, usually we don't do many people born past the seventies, but this guy, Yao Ming, the Chinese I mean, just giant. This man, I'm, I'm, t- Armand. I've read the book about him. He purposely bred by the state to play basketball. How come he still is? He still playing? Yeah, he's only thirty-seven. Yeah, I, I he mean, playing over in China, I'm oh, sure. Right. You know, now his career with the Houston Rockets is over, but I mean, when he came, that was a big. And the Chinese love basketball. It's probably the number one sport in China. Okay. But his mom, great player. I mean, his dad. He was he was literally a product of the state, almost from the womb to the to the to the low post. What is it? Star Trek? Was he? No, I'm dead. Yes, it is. I'm very very serious here. You should you should read. He's got other problems. You should read the story about how this the whole thing. It's it's really really amazing. All right, that's uh, the birthdays. Uh, So back to the events that. uh, Happened on September the 12th. Uh, This one happened. uh, The president in 1962 on September 12th gave this little address. But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why 35 years ago fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Yeah. That is the unedited clip. Listen, I'll tell you Most people do not hear that clip. You want to hear that again? No. He tries to make a joke, and the audience ain't having it. Why climb the highest mountain? What was the joke? Why, 35 years ago, fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? That's a joke. That's the joke. Oh. Because he is at Rice Stadium oh. giving this address. And now Rice is a great school. Oh, it's a wonder. No, it is, Armand. It's one of America's great universities. You know that. It I know is? it. Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Because they don't have a, podi- a podiatry That's wing. Podiatry school at, their, at their medical facility. One of the great medical schools in the in the world, one of the great universities in the world. But on the football field, eh. And JFK goes for a joke, and you and you can uh, the crowd is like, hmm? I don't think JFK wrote it anyway. It's probably Ted Sorensen. That was his speechwriter. He never came up with anything original. Even his book was ghostwritten. I think whose isn't mine? Oh, I wish there was a ghostwriter for your book. Oh, here we go again. 
Of course, that ghost okay. would be you. Anyway, we go to the moon. Not because, uh, for decades. How, how did he say decade again? Decade. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do- Decade? Yeah, it was decade. Decade. That's not even a Massachusetts accent. I don't know what that is. Do the other thing. Right, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Yeah, can you imagine giving that speech today? You'd lose. Tell telling American people you got to do something because it's hard. What are you doing now? Nah, one, one fired off. Joe? No, no, one fired off in advance. Anyway, or... that's yeah. You can't do anything hard nowadays. Just sit back and let the government give you some money. 1974, the Messiah. Well, not our of Messiah. Ethiopia. Yeah, their Messiah. His Grand Majesty Haile Selassie. Yeah, Rastafari. The Rastafarian movement. He is deposed following a military coup by the Derg. Yeah, a bunch of commies. Ending a reign of 58 years. Okay, you had your 58 years. I think he died a couple years. Yeah, later. and it, and 10 years later, Ethiopia is is in the complete shitter. You know, it's like uh, Venezuela. What happened to Haile after he got deposed? I don't know what he did, but he he didn't live very long after that. No, no. 58-year reign. Okay. And again, it rain, it rained the, for 58 the years. Rastafarian movement. It's been one hell of a flood. No, come on. Cheap jokes. 1977. Okay, well, better than Rice versus Texas. Well, that's the Kennedy you joke. think that's a funny joke? I didn't think it was funny. I'm, tra- I'm trying to show you. The what, president what, what, goes for to amuse you? president goes for a joke, falls flat. He realized the joke was so bad, I better say something, so... That's why we wound up on the moon. He called. He was got a better joke when he called himself a jelly donut. Yeah, that got a laugh. Yeah, benign Berliner. Yeah, uh, right. South African anti-apartheid activist yeah, Steve Biko. B- Biko, Biko. I don't know, but he got the beat. He got the shit beat out. Dies of him. in police custody on yeah. this date in 1977. Yeah, they mm-hmm. uh, they they beat him within an inch of his life, and then uh, and then took another, they that, took the that, other next inch. inch. Yeah. yeah. Just brutal. Took 2.54 centimeters. Uh, But, you know. Well, it set off a lot of. His death was not in vain, though. It really wasn't uh, because it set off. off, Right. It set off the chain reaction. I don't know why his was any different. I mean, it's not like he was unique by any means. It's, you know, that's the thing. It's like the Rosa Parks thing. This is the one that. Rosa Parks is the one who gets the attention. She wasn't the first. Yeah, we were talking about that. Right. Yeah, but she wasn't. The poster child, because she had a couple abortions and stuff, right? Yeah. She she wasn't exactly the right one. Right. Right. Well, that's, well, that's how it goes. It's not always the one who does it. It's the one who gets the attention for doing it, even if it's the same thing and even if it's later. 1984. I remember this so well. Dwight Gooden's rookie season. He sets a record for strikeouts by a rookie with 246. Yeah, he was an animal, man. That's that, that, that best – Old Herb Score, who did it, set the record in 54. He'd go on to strike out 276 in 218 innings, setting the current record. Dwight Gooden from 84, 85, and 86 was beyond belief good. Pretty tough. He was 17-9 and nine in his rookie year. His next year in 85, he's 24-4. and four. What was Tudor that year? He was pretty 21 close. 21 and 8. Oh, was he? Okay. Well, yeah, but he lost like five, six in a he row was right in the one, beginning, right? 0 and 7 or yeah, 1 and 7 right. to open up the season. Right. I mean, that last, yeah, that last half. Nobody could touch him. He went 24 and 4, and, and his team does not advance to the playoffs. 
Well, Carlton That's had, some tough luck, man. Carlton was, had 28 wins that one year. Uh, Philadelphia had like 50, 50 yeah, something yeah, like that. Right. Just 72. brutal. Now, they did go in 86, of course, and win the World Series over the Red Sox. Yep. After that, Gooden struggles. Uh, well, he had, some, he had some personal problems. But that three-year start to his career was just mind-numbingly good. Uh, final event for me today, Armand, in 97, uh, the Space Shuttle Endeavor. I don't know why we spell this with an o, with a U. I don't either. That's British. The, the man. British way. Uh, STS forty seven, uh, which marks the fiftieth shuttle mission. Can you es- explain that to me? How is STS forty seven the fiftieth shuttle mission? I don't know. I guess some wouldn't of them it be STS fifty. Well, I don't know about those ones with Enterprise. Oh, did they count some of those? I guess sounds like they counted some of these trial runs. Trial runs as missions where they listen. It's NASA. They probably did. They just probably screwed it up. Well. On board are May Carol Jemison, first African American woman in space. Hmm, I didn't know that. That's a good trivia question. Mamoru Mori, Mamoru Mori, the first Japanese citizen to fly a U.S. spaceship. Not the first Japanese citizen in space, but the first one to fly a U.S. spaceship. And Mark Lee and John and uh, Jan Davis, first married couple in space. Jeez, that's the only reason to go to space: get away from your wife, right? Take her with you. Well, in case you want to be in the ultimate mile high club, which I, I still is anyone yeah, the, done it up there? I don't know. That space, that space the Russians station. certainly have, oh, right? I'm Come sure. on, the Russians. I mean, they were probably ordered to. <laughs> Why would they? Who would order them to do well, that? Well, Khrushchev probably, or you know, Brezhnev. You uh, make a uh, sexy time up there, Brezhnev. All right. Have sex with him? No. Oof. God Almighty. Someone did. <laughs> His wife too. The only way communism His wife was ugly too. The only but... way communism could work, huh? Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Brezhnev. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait a minute. Let me see. Which is which? Okay. Those eyebrows. Oh. Oh, I have you have nightmares about those eyebrows. It was quintessential. Did someone give him Russian. some clippers? Somebody? All right. Let's All right. take a look at who passed away today as All we right. wind things as down. We're dying. All right. 1992. Nah, nah, nah. Where, oh, you're Blanche gonna start early. Yeah, but oh, Blanche of Lancaster. 1368. Mother of Henry the Fourth. Grandmother of Henry the Fifth. Yes, I think that counts. Okay, that's a nice lady. How'd she die? Anything special? No, she was real young. I know she was like 23 or something. So I don't know what it was. Oh, okay. She died. Any, if it would have been a guy, I would have said syphilis. But yeah. no. Childbirth, postpartum. That's a good bet. Probably. Maybe. Okay. For, well, the House of Lancaster begins with her, yeah. Henry the yeah. Fourth. Uh, so that one. Okay. Now, go ahead. All right. 1992. Uh, this here gentleman. You talk about typecast. You get typecast for life. Well, you take the role in this movie. Your time's so empty. No. Well, I, I run the office and uh, tend the cabins and grounds and, and do little uh, errands for my mother. The one she allows I might be capable of doing. Do you go out with friends? Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Boy's best friend is a hole in the wall right by the shower. That that creeps me out to this day. I can't imagine how it creeped people out in 19, what, 60? That's Ed Gein, man. My hero. Good grief. Oh, well, boy's best friend is his mother. Boy's really? Well, Who is hey. he? Mike Pence? Hey, look out. Mother. 
All right, that's uncalled. Even for. the look on Janet Lee's face is like, what the hell is wrong with you? Well, looks and like looks totally natural. She doesn't even look like she's acting. Hey, you gave her a sandwich, didn't he? They did give okay. her a sandwich. Wait, wait why'd you? How did we forget? You got it on the list here, Maurice Chevalier. I've covered it, but you were too busy looking at stuff. Well, didn't you play the Marx Brothers? Uh... I'll cue it up. If a nightingale could sing like you, he'd sing much sweeter than they do. For you brought a new kind of love to me. See, what? now that's Chevalier, huh? This picture ma- doesn't look like you. Make sure I get it right. Doesn't look like you either. Oh, this is long. Nah, it's, nah, you don't have to play the whole thing. No, just tell me where we get it, though. What? What do you mean where we get it? You know who's on this boat? No. Louis Chevalier, the movie actor. I just ran into him. Did you write him? How do you know it was Chevalier? I got his passport. Right there. Now he can't get off the boat. Hey, he looks like Chevalier. Yes, it's a strong And I could look like Chevalier. Well, I certainly look like Chevalier. But that's not enough. You've got to sing one of Chevalier's songs to get off this boat. If a nightingale could sing like you, they sing much better than you do. Sandy, hey, you sing like that and they throw us all off the boat. Okay, there it is. That's <laughs> monkey business, the Marx Brothers. They sing like that to throw us all off the yeah. boat. I know don't look like me from front of the boat. You go to the back of the boat, look just like me. <laughs> they all got his passport. Harpo's got that Good, little gramophone. Good, now he can't get off the boat. Yeah, that gramophone. All right. That's a great. Anyway, I like Maurice Chevalier. He was good in Well, anyway, that's Gigi. He was Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank so this for little girls. Now Armand has trouble following the format of the show. That's oh, a birthday back in 1888. Yeah, that's a birthday. All right. He died in think uh, He day? died in 1972. 72. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now who did I miss? Now we're on Raymond Burr, I guess, right? Well, that's next. Let me play what, now you another one. Oh. Let me play you my favorite Raymond Burr scene ever. Oh, geez. You're not even going to guess where this is coming from. All right, I won't Ted even guess. Ted and I were very close ones. We had the kind of relationship where we laughed and laughed and laughed all the time. Do you know what it's like to laugh like that? Yes, yes, I do. from Ironside. <laughs> That's from The Great Airplane 2, the oh. sequel. Oh, I liked him in uh, Adventures of uh, Don Juan. Errol Flynn ran him through. You know, he left all his money to his partner. Oh, no. I got a feel. Yeah, that's a good song, anyway. Well, I guess that's our next one. Love is a burning thing. Armand knows that. I like that song, yeah. Yeah, he's right. And it makes... A fiery ring. Fortunately, I'm made of asbestos. Yes. Bound by wild desire. Armand again. I fell into a ring of fire. Oh, a boy named Sue. I fell into a burning ring of fire. Well, the great one, the man in black, Johnny Cash, passed away. It's been a long time. This date in 2003. The ring of Sad. Yeah, I like that song. Oh, it's a great song. Uh, Boy Named Sue, where does he meet his dad? Gatlinburg. That's right, Armand. Gatlinburg, Tennessee. In Ju- mid-July. Didn't, uh, wasn't the Shel Silverstein write that song? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, you thought right, you knew Boy everything. Named Sue? Yeah. No, I don't know everything. I just know some things. I drink and I know things, Armand. Mm-hmm. What's that from? Bit off, bit off piece of my ear. <laughs> You really don't know what I drink and I know things. You don't really know no, what that's from, do you? It's some stupid post-1980 movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, not a movie. Just the biggest show in the world right now. 
All right. Uh, and finally, very important uh, man that does affect the world we live in. And everybody has enjoyed uh, his engineering ability and his business acumen. Ray Dolby passed away on this date in 2013. What, Dolby Sound? Absolutely. Well, that doesn't affect us. We don't have Dolby. Dolby Laboratories. Wow. Which brings you... What? Everything. Oh. From the sound in your headsets to the sound in speakers the, to your car. It's one of the biggest brand names in... There is. Everybody was, knows Dolby. Bosch. Well, that's another good brand. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, the Dolby Siege, of Labs. Vienna, Siege of Vienna is the only thing important today. Oh, Marathon second. I don't think it's the only important thing, but it's up there. Of course, the croissant. We got the croissant, so uh, that makes me happy. And yeah, we learned that croissant in German is. I don't think. I don't think that. Well, maybe it was Austrian. That's not what they called it at the battle. But anyway, I'll look it up. You look uh, that up. Yeah. We'll strive for exactitude. Right. On All the right. September 13th edition of this day in history, for our producers Andrew Allen and Brian Crock, I'm Tony Hubert. For my partner Armand Kachigian, who's already on his way out of the room. Uh, don't forget subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or any major podcast outlet. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash this day in history podcast. All right. When September 13th rolls around, we will be right here to tell you about it at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.